Ooh, and then there was light. Lots of it. Hey, be nice to me back there. Well, it is good to be in the house of the Lord this morning. Amen? With the family of God. And we do welcome those of you who are joining us via the computer or your phone, whatever device out there as we stream the service this morning. We have been, the last few weeks, looking at uh, the Apostle Paul's word to the Thessalonians. I'll get that out, easy for me to say. About facing our future without fear. And to face the uncertainty of our tomorrow land, we realize that to do so without Christ is putting us at peril, to say the least. As we watch the events of our country and the world in these times, I often sit watching the news thinking, I wonder what this would be like if everyone just trusted in Jesus. Well, we know that answer, I believe. Oh, Songs have been written, poets have uh, waxed what a world of a utopia would be. We know the famous song, uh, Imagine, written by John Lennon. And as I listen to those words, I think, well, you know what? Uh, that's not going to happen unless everyone would put their trust in God. Uh, we're not going to bring it on ourselves, folks. We have to trust in the one who created us. And so Paul has been setting the uh, table, so to speak, uh, admonishing the church, speaking of our hope in the return of Christ, and that we are to prepare our lives and live like we believe it. I think that's really the key, isn't it? We're to live our lives like we really believe Jesus is coming again. And if we don't believe Jesus is coming, then we're not going to live like it. Pretty simple. I pretty much preached my message right there. That's pretty much it. You know, it doesn't have to get complicated, folks. We live our lives in the hope of the imminent return of Jesus Christ. And that's what Paul has been telling us. And Pastor Andy last week shared with us how God gives us the tools or the weapons to carry out this spiritual battle until He does return. And so we're going to delve back into this final uh, chapter of 1 Thessalonians today. Uh, chapter 5, and the closing verses that Paul has for us. And I believe it's going to be put up on top there. Now we ask you, brothers and sisters, to acknowledge those who work hard among you, who care for you in the Lord, and who admonish you. Hold them in the highest regard in love because of their work. Live in peace with each other. We urge you and warn you, or warn those who are idle and disruptive. We, oh, let me back up. And we urge you, brothers and sisters, warn those who are idle and disruptive. Encourage the disheartened. Help the weak. 
be patient with everyone. Make sure that nobody pays back wrong for wrong, but always strive to do what is good for each other and for everyone else. Rejoice always. Pray continually. Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Do not quench the Spirit. Do not treat prophecies with contempt, but test them all and hold on to what is good. Reject every kind of evil. May God Himself, the God of peace, sanctify you through and through. May your whole spirit, soul, and body be kept blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus. The one who calls you is faithful and He will do it. God's will for you in these times. God's will for you anytime. Paul sort of sums up the whole chapter to the Thessalonians as a preparation for the coming of Christ and to ultimately, when He returns, be found doing the will of God. But to live outside of the will of God is dangerous anyway. For how do we please God if we do not live as He wishes us to live? The remarkable thing about the man Jesus, the man Jesus, is that He completely followed the will of His Father. Over and over He said, I come not to, do, not to bring Myself glory, but to glorify the One who sent Me and to do His will. And he even prayed that in the garden. He said, Father, not my will, but your will be done. He led us in the Lord's prayer. He said, Father, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. To do the will of God was the consumptive passion of our Lord. And then he, te- he challenges us to follow Him. And if we're to follow Him and to become Christ-like, it only makes sense that we too are found doing the will of the Father. The greatest single point of peace in your life. Now I'm going to speak from personal experience here. The point of your greatest personal peace is when you realize that you are exactly where God wants you to be in your life. There's nothing like it. There's nothing more liberating. There's nothing more settling. There's nothing more comforting than to know that you are doing exactly what God wants you to do. That's where peace is. God had called me to uh, become a voice for Him to preach the Word. At an early age in life, by the time I was 18, that realization became full-blown in my life that I needed to prepare for the mission that God had called me to do. Only somewhere along the way, I got disillusioned and got my eyes off of, of the Lord, and I was sort of like Jonah. I was looking for places I could run and hide from God, and I did that for 10 years, And I was miserable. 
And I imagine, and I'm glad Debbie's hit away working on the computer to stream this today. If you had asked her, she'd probably say, yeah, and you made everyone else miserable around you. I had heard the word preached many times. I knew what it meant to be sanctified, to be fully surrendered to the will of God and allow the Holy Spirit to have complete control of my life. I knew the theology. I was studying it. But man, I wasn't living it because I was fighting. I was fighting God's will for my life. And to make a long, long story short, at the end of that uh, period of my life when I was running from God and doing His will, the Lord showed up one morning, Carbon, Indiana. I can remember it like it was yesterday. Woke me up. It was a Saturday morning in May. <laughs> he woke me up. He said, Bob? I said, yeah, Lord. Just like we're talking here. He goes, I've given you a lot of grace and a lot of opportunity. And I've called you. Now, what are you going to do with all of this? Well, the Lord and I had sort of had these conversations, the, the running battle for all of these years, and uh, there was something in the Lord's voice that morning that was final. I told you it's just like it happened yesterday. He got my attention that morning. Debbie was laying beside me. She was sound asleep. And I said, okay, Lord, I'm in. I'm yours. I'll do your will. And I cannot express here today the emotions and the release and the joy, and the peace that flooded my soul that morning as I said yes to the will of God. Three weeks later, no lie, three weeks later, I was called to my first pastorate. Ten years of running and fighting and resisting. Three weeks after I said yes to the Lord, I got a phone call from my district superintendent. I'm telling you, folks, are you where God wants you to be this morning? There's nothing like it. I just want to tell you, that's where the peace, that's where the joy, that's where it happens when you know, Lord, this, it, God may call you to, to, to be the best parent, uh, the, the, the best co-worker, whatever God's will is, and that's between you and God. I had a very good friend of mine, a good godly person, came to me one Sunday morning after a message. I can't remember what I had preached that day. But he came up to me, tears streaming down his face, and he said, you know, Pastor, God had called me to preach. And here's his words. I never will forget them. Tears streaming down his face. He said, but I settled for God's second best. Wow. God offers us His very best. And so Paul, Paul here is laying out the tenets for doing the will of God. And as we've been uh, 
preaching from the fourth and the fifth chapter, I just want to go back to the fourth chapter for a moment. And let's look what Paul said at the, at the opening of, of this chapter. Do we have that? Thessalonians? Yeah, be spiritually complete. Here's what he says on this one. Am I going to read it, or did you guys not print the Scripture? That's all right. That's why I got a Bible here. We can do this. We can do this. All right, here's what it says. It is God's will. Boy, I just want you to get that. It is God's will that you should be sanctified. In the center of God's will, controlled by the Holy Spirit, living out what God has called you to do, completely His. It is God's will that you should be sanctified, that you should avoid sexual immorality, that each of you should learn to control your own body in a way that is holy and honorable, not in passionate lust like the pagans who do not know God, and what? And that in this manner, no one should wrong or take advantage of his brother or sister. The Lord will punish all who commit such sins, as we have told and warned you before. For God did not call us to be impure, but to live a holy life. Therefore, anyone who rejects this instruction does not reject a human being, but God. The very God who gives you His Spirit. God's will is that we live clean lives. That we are controlled by the Holy Spirit. That our body, our natural passions and desires and carnal nature does not have control. But we're controlled by the Spirit. The mere chapter, chapter 5 of Ephesians. Paul words it a little different, but basically the same thing. Be clean. And he goes on to say, we don't need to tell you anything about loving one another. That's been the commandment from the beginning. The will of God is that we love one another. We take care and provide for each other. Live a quiet life. Mind your own business. Work with your hands so that your daily life may win the respect of outsiders, so that you will not be dependent on anybody. Live a productive life. This is the will of God for us. Be sanctified. It's the will of God. Be spirit-controlled. Don't... I I mean, we don't have time, and and, and we could do a series on on sexual immorality in in our world. We become without Christ, without the control of the Holy Spirit, as Paul would say, we become like brute beasts. And man, there's a lot of people that act just like that. But you, as the children of God, should not be so. You live clean lives. If you're controlled by the Holy Spirit, you're doing the will of God. You let the Spirit control the passions and the desires I'm going to move on, but just just as a point, you think this isn't a big deal? The pornography industry alone, they don't even know. They don't even, they said that the income, the take 
from the sexual movie industry is somewhere between 6 and $97 billion a year. That's staggering. We, we can't even compute that, folks. You go out to the FBI, the, the statistics they put on violent crimes and, and sexual crimes, and it's all on the rise. And you can't turn your television on and watch, watch even one of your favorite shows without being inundated with sexual messages and, and all types of stuff. I mean, it just, it's just there. It's just out there. You can't buy a tube of toothpaste without some, some sexual innuendo. You know, it's just where it's at. We're obsessed and we're crazed. And God says, that's no way to live. I've called you to something higher, something better, something more pure. And so that's where Paul starts. That's the challenge for us today. To do the will of God. Be sanctified. Be filled with the Spirit. Be controlled with the Spirit. Be found in the center of the will of God. Because if not, he warns, God will punish those who commit such sins. But thank God he also forgives us who commit such sins. Amen? There's forgiveness, there's grace. The second challenge, God's will for us, is found in 1 Thessalonians 5, 16. He says, rejoice always, pray continually, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God for you. He's calling us to be spiritually complete in that when the Spirit of God takes control of our life, we're totally His to do His will, to do as He pleases. After all, the Scripture does say He calls us for His good pleasure. Not what we want to do, but what plans He has for us. So He calls us to be spiritually complete but now he's also it's his will that we are completely spiritual we pray we rejoice we give thanks i sort of put that if you want to remember it's the rpg we know what an rpg is it's a rocket propelled grenade and if you were up all night last night there was a lot of rocket propelled stuff going off all night and the conclusion was a, a loud bang you know a lot of energy and this is god's rpg rejoice and i was thinking while we were praying and while we were worshiping this morning it is great i i don't know i i can't argue with those that are they're so dissatisfied in our nation but i thank god that i live in this nation but I rejoice because I'm a citizen of a greater nation. I'm a citizen. The Word of God tells me I've become a citizen of, of a country, a nation made without hands, created by the Word of God. I'm a part, of, I rejoice because I'm a part of that citizen, citizenry. And 
There's no statues there. <laughs> I never seen such a furor over statues. But anyway, I'm not here to give a political speech. I want to tell you about where my citizenship is. There's no statues there, but I'm going to tell you there's a throne there. And in the middle of that nation is a throne. And God sits on that throne. And at His right hand is the Lamb of God. I'm a citizen of the kingdom of God. That's what we should be rejoicing about, folks. Man, I was, you know, Sunday morning and... and I mean, I've told Tracy, I've told her, I like our, I like our music. I really love our music. The, our praise team does a great job. But I just have to go back in time sometimes. And I had some old stuff on the radio this morning. And, man, you talk about old and twangy, and, man, it was so good. When the roll is called up yonder. And I got to listening to that song. I thought, man, we just could put it so simple. When the roll is called up yonder, I'll be there. Who, will you be there? When the roll is called up yonder. That's what Paul's saying here. Hey, there's going to be a roll call someday. Go to the book of Revelation when God lays all everything out bare. And I think some of the most disturbing, haunting, fearful words in all of Holy Writ is, and the book was opened and everyone is before the throne of God great and small rich and poor black and white and red and yellow and all the nations are assembled before God and the book is open and the roll is called when the roll is called up yonder. That's what Paul's talking about. You get that peace, and you get that joy, and you look at the world, and it's crumbling around you, you just say, you know what? I'm a citizen of a bigger kingdom than this. Who God controls, and the Lamb gives light. And that ought to cause us to rejoice. And to know that when the books are open, we just listen for our name. And when the roll is called up yonder, I'll be there. That's assurance. That's assurance. That's peace. You're doing the will of God. Lord, I'm right, I'm right where you want me to be. Ah, man. Just relax. It's okay. Yeah, the world is going to hell in the handbasket. But it's okay. I'm part of something a lot bigger than what's going on down here, folks. And that's what Paul's saying. Live like it. Live like it. Be sanctified. Be controlled by the Holy Spirit. And once the Holy Spirit has taken you over completely, now you, you need to just be spiritual. Be, be rejoicing. Be praying all the time. It doesn't mean 24-7 you're on your knees in a closet somewhere. But you know what? You can just pray anywhere, anytime, right? There's no barrier. There's no walls. There's no imprisonment that says you can't pray. You just do it. Driving down the road in your car. 
Hey, anyone? Am I the only guy that's ever started praying in the car and I have to pull off the side of the road because suddenly the Lord wants to come in and join the prayer session? Yeah, I guess I'm the only nut like that. Man, I've, got, I've had some wonderful prayer sessions in, in my vehicle. And I've had, I mean, I'm just, once God comes in, I'm just a blubbering idiot. And I have to pull off the side of the road because of tears and everything I can't see. And I don't want to send someone out into eternity prematurely, you know, because I can't see. And Man, come on, guys, you've got to be spiritual. Pray. Wherever you're at, Pray. It's great. You'll love it. God will join in. It's all about relationship, folks. Be spiritually complete. The Holy Spirit, control of your life. Be completely spiritual. Pray. Rejoice. Pray. Give thanks. Man, where do we start there in giving thanks? You just look to the people beside you and you can give thanks. Thanks, Lord, for giving me the one I love, my kids, my family, my friends, my neighbors. Thank you, Lord. Thanks for today. Thanks for right now. Yeah, I got aches and pains and problems, physical. But I thank you right now, Lord. Give thanks. It's the will of God for you. That's God's will. It's God's will for us to be sanctified. It's God's will that we stay sanctified. Can we put our uh, Scripture back up for the day? The whole Scripture, 12 through 24? Let's go to, just keep going to verse uh, 24 and 5, or 24, I should say. I'll back up one. I'm wrong. Pardon me. May God himself, the God of peace. There it is. One of my favorite scriptures is Romans chapter 5, verse 1. There's a lot of good stuff in the fifth. By the time Paul got to chapter 5 in all of his writings, he really got some good stuff in there. The fifth chapter of Ephesians, fifth chapter of Thessalonians, the fifth chapter of Romans. Where he says, because we are justified by faith. Because through the blood of Christ, we now have a right relationship with God. We have peace. You know that's what everyone out there is looking for today, don't you? That's what they're looking for. A lot, of, a lot of them don't realize it. A lot of people don't realize but that's what they're looking for. Peace. Where do you find peace? I'm not talking about just a momentary time of you could sort of take your breath and there's no one harassing or hounding you. I'm talking about something that lives deep down in here that never goes away. No matter what's going on in your life or in your world, peace. You got that kind of peace? 
Because we are justified by faith, we have peace with God. And the favorite part, and access to God. Wow. You do His will. You let the Spirit control your life. You have that kind of peace. And that's what he's saying here. May, the God, may God Himself, the God of peace, there's that word again, sanctify you. Paul said in chapter 4 of First Thessalonians, he said, be sanctified. It's the will of God. Paul says, peace comes through the God who sanctifies you. And not only does He sanctify you, but He makes you whole. May your whole spirit, soul, and body complete complete be complete and the only way we are complete is that we are doing god's will in our lives now the old timers used to preach back when i was that there's a general will of god you know it's the will of god that none perish but everyone comes to everlasting life there's a general will of god But they also talked about a specific light. This says, God called me to minister. God may be calling you to help a neighbor. God may be calling you to be more involved in the life of your family and the spiritual life. It it, it varies. The, The specific light that God gives to us will vary for each of us. The key is that we're totally surrendered to God and we allow Him to control us so that we can do that will and find peace in our lives. Let me re- reiterate. Man, I'm really having, ooh, having trouble this morning here. Reiterate. There is no place in your life that will bring you peace, spiritual rest, the greatest satisfaction and fulfillment in your life until you get to where God's will is alive in you. That's why it was so important to Paul You remember when we started, we said this was actually the first writings of the Apostle Paul, but they placed it at the end of his epistles. And then his theological mind, beginning with Romans and justification and and moving on through, he, he concludes here. But this is actually where he started. He said, church, be complete. Jesus is coming. Be complete. Jesus is coming. Be whole. This is where your peace is. This is where fear... uh, vanishes in your life because you're not worried about it because you're doing God's will. You're doing God's will, and that's, that's the thing that will bring you peace and joy. And so keep on rejoicing, and don't stop praying, and find reasons to give thanks, 
Because this is God's will for you. To do anything less is dangerous. Because the names are being inscribed. The names of those who do the will of God. And one day, someday, the role will be called. And the tragedy is, and here are those words that are so disturbing and haunting, those whose names were not found written in the book of life were cast into outer darkness where there is weeping, wailing, and the gnashing, the grinding of teeth. I don't about you, I want to be a citizen of the kingdom of light. Let's pray. Father, good words from you this morning to us to know that we are fulfilling what you have called us to do. To know, Lord, that in our daily living, in our working, our playing, our, our uh, communicating with those around us, that, Lord, we are living out what you have called us to be, and that's people of your kingdom. You have given us your spirit to control and guide us. And, and, and not only that, Lord, but oftentimes even to rebuke and, and warn us when we start to stray from that will. And so, Lord, we do rejoice this morning that there is a God in heaven who loves us so much that, Lord, you, you, are, you are so concerned about every minute detail of our lives that you have sent your Son, Jesus, to save us and your Spirit to empower us to fulfill your will. And so, as your Son prayed to you, so we pray also, Lord, not my will, but your will be done. So we thank you this morning. We do rejoice. We do give thanks. Because you love us. And Father, as the Holy Spirit is prevalent here this morning, I know you're speaking to minds and hearts, and, and you're challenging us, Lord. And may we, may we realize that to reject these words is to reject you, as Paul said. We don't reject the words of man, but we reject the Spirit, and we're not to quench the Spirit. Father, my prayer for all of us is that we will be more open and receptive to, Lord, what Your Spirit has for us, that we may be found in that book, that we may enter into the joys of our Lord. In Your name we ask that You will do these things for us. Amen.